Welcome to worship at MCC Lehigh Valley. Join me now in our call to worship. God heals us and works through us to heal others. On this day, we celebrate the healing love of the Lord in our worship. May we remember to show love for others in the same way God shows love for us. Amen. is good for the soul. And while I think individual, personal confession with the Lord is very important, I always appreciate a unison confession with my community of faith because it's a reminder that we're all in this together. So if you'll join with me in our unison confession. Faithful God, we confess that we wander away from you. We confess that at times we are taken up by the concerns of the world and fail to seek you. We know, O oh God, that our doubts and questions are good and lead us back to you. It is our indifference that can lead us astray. Help us, O oh God, to turn to others in our times of doubt and fear. For you created us not to be alone. Guide us, O oh God, to seek our questions before you, before our scriptures and traditions and teachings. And even if we do not find the answers, we know this is part of the journey. Turn us back, O oh God when we become apathetic and indifferent, for that is the true enemy of faith, not doubt, but indifference. Heal any hardness of heart within us and restore us once again. Amen. As your sibling in Christ, let me assure you that we are a blessed people and we are a forgiven people. God welcomes us back always with those wide open arms 
And praise be to God for the opportunity to pray with one another and to pray for one another. And so if you have any prayer requests today, you can just type them directly into the comments. If you have a situation, a circumstance, a beloved one, maybe it's a prayer need specifically for you, type that into the comments because we want to focus all of our positive prayer energy on the prayer requests that are shared. So we've established praying ground. This is sacred space that we're in as we together worship the Lord. And let us pray. You, O oh God, are a mighty healer. We are grateful for your restoration in our lives. We are grateful that when we turn to you, when we return to you, you love us and give us what we need. You empower us to serve you throughout the world. Help us always to discern our gifts and to be in the moment, Lord God, and to pay attention how you might be calling us moment to moment to serve you, honor you, and glorify you. And let's all say, amen. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me, with the Holy Ghost and how he healed me to the uttermost when I think about the Lord how he picked me up turned me around how he placed my feet on solid ground Makes me want to shout Hallelujah Thank you Jesus Lord you're worthy Of all the glory All the honor
Greetings. My name is Kimberly Gruen and I bring you greetings from my home in Nazareth. I give to God through MCCLV because I have seen all the good MCCLV does for the community and I believe in MCCLV's mission. I am blessed to be in a place in my life that I can give to God through MCCLV regularly and to do so through my employer's payroll deduction. Praise God for the opportunity to be generous. You can give your offering online through MCCLV's website at www.mcclv.org. Click on the donate button and you can give via credit card, PayPal, Venmo, Apple Pay, or Google Pay. You may also write a check to MCCLV and mail it to the church at 1401 Greenview Drive in Bethlehem, PA 18018. For those who are present in person at the church, the offering basket will be provided by the ushers. God has given us every good thing. Let's return to God a portion of all that God has so graciously given to us. Our reading today comes from chapter 9 from the book of Acts. Hear God's word for you. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now Saul was going along and approaching Damascus, when suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with Saul stood speechless because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and thought his eyes were open, but he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. 
For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to Ananias, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at a house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for Saul is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was there with the disciples in Damascus. Here ends today's reading. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Will you join me in prayer? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. We didn't tune in today to listen to the pastor. We are here today to listen for you, Lord God. So help us to keep our ears open, our minds open, our hearts open to your word and your way, Lord God, we pray. Amen. Well, a dramatic story is presented to us today from the book of Acts. Saul has a conversion to Christ on the road to Damascus. Now, Saul had been a persecutor of Christians. And then he becomes the greatest missionary in the history of the church. Saul becomes the apostle named Paul. And he spreads the news of Jesus Christ all over the place. Now, over the centuries, artists, various artists, have tried to capture that conversion of Saul on the road to Damascus. And on this next slide is a 17th century painting of Saul's conversion. And I think this is where we could all start singing that 70s song, Blinded by the Light, right? Blinded by the light. Bum, bum, bum. I, I always get the rest of the lyrics wrong. Now on this next slide is another painting of Saul's conversion. This one's from the 16th century, a painter named Caravaggio. And there's no mention, though, of a horse in the scripture passage, but it makes everything more dramatic, right? the thought of Saul being tossed from a horse, blinded by the light. Now, when I was looking through paintings of Saul's conversion, I actually thought of Saul on a scooter, right? Scooting along that road to Damascus. But it wouldn't be as dramatic, right, to think of Saul tossing his scooter to the side. 
Now, I enjoy this next slide. This is a more contemporary rendering of Saul's conversion. It's by uh, an artist named Michael Mize. Now, it's likely that Saul and his traveling companions were walking, as that was the primary mode of transportation in ancient times. And scripture tells us that as Saul was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him, and Saul fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul asked, who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, but get up. Enter the city, and you will be told what to do. And we're told that Saul's traveling companions stood speechless because they heard a voice but saw no one. So Saul, he gets up from the ground, and though his eyes uh, were open, he couldn't see anything. So Saul's companions, they lead him by the hand, they bring him to Damascus. And for three days, we hear, for three days, Saul was without sight. He didn't eat, he didn't drink. And on this next slide, we see Saul with those scales over his eyes. Now, this is also by a more contemporary artist named Iconic. And while Saul, or Paul, is front and center in this painting, for today's purposes, we're more interested in that guy in the back of the painting. Who is that guy in the back of this painting? Well, that guy in the back is a man named Ananias. And while some of us may have a dramatic conversion like Saul, who becomes Paul, probably more of us will be tapped by God to undertake a task like Ananias does today. And on this next slide, Ananias is pictured. He's doing what Jesus calls him to do, right? Ananias is laying healing hands on Saul. Now, I think this is kind of a funny painting, especially the, uh, the young person in the corner who has a teapot ready, because we all need a cup of tea after healing, right? Um, now, Scripture gives us just a tiny bit of background on this man, Ananias. Ananias is called a disciple from Damascus, and Jesus calls out to Ananias in a vision, Ananias! And Ananias responds with those four wonderful words, here I am Lord. Jesus calls, and Ananias responds to the call eagerly. But then, Ananias' task is outlined, and Ananias is suddenly not so eager. We hear that Jesus says this to Ananias, get up, go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. And at this moment, he is praying. He's seen a vision of a man named Ananias come and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. And Ananias resists what he's hearing from Jesus. And he explains, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, for he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for Saul is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. So Ananias went. He entered the house where Saul was resting. Ananias lays hands on Saul. And he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, 
who appeared to you on your way here. He has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately those scales fall from Saul's eyes and his sight was restored. He got up, he was baptized, and after taking some food, Saul regained his strength. And we don't hear from Ananias again. Ananias lets the healing power of Jesus work through him to restore his enemy, Saul. And then Ananias disappears from the story. So again, a few of us are like Saul. A few of us are like Saul who becomes Paul. We're going through life, we have all sorts of rage, we have all sorts of hate in our hearts. We wanna destroy others, we wanna dominate others. And then, we have a change of heart. We have a transformation along life's journey. We ex experience a complete and extraordinary reversal. And then, like Paul, we may be super gifted, build something absolutely spectacular as, as Paul built the early Christian church. But I think more of us are like Ananias. We experience a pretty ordinary life. We have ups, we have downs, we have little victories and occasional losses. We go to work, we're loyal to our families, we have a few friends, and we seek to be faithful to God over the years. And God looks on our lives, and God smiles on us, and God taps us on the shoulder and directs us to affect someone else's transformation. Paul is a spiritual superstar. And while Ananias is of equal worth and value, uh, same as Paul, God calls Ananias differently than God calls Paul. Now, we are not all called to be Paul. Praise be to God. I don't think many of us could keep up with Paul's travel schedule or the way that he endured beatings, assaults, and incarceration. But many of us will be called on by God to serve like Ananias. God will call many of us to heal, to heal a misunderstanding at work, or to heal a long simmering family conflict, or even to heal an enemy. And like Ananias, at first we're going to say, here I am, Lord. But then when we hear the details, we may resist the call of Jesus. We'll protest and we'll say, don't you know the coworker you're asking me to heal has done harm to others? There are plenty of other people at work who could initiate this healing with this person. Why do I have to be the coworker who sticks my neck out and potentially gets pushback? Work is stressful enough. Go ask someone else. Or we'll fuss with Jesus and we'll say, hey, don't you know that that family member you're asking me to heal has done harm to others? Why do I have to be the one who mends things? Why don't you call on my sibling who never seems to have to do any of the hard emotional work? Or we'll tell God to talk to the hand. We'll say, well, God, don't you know that the person you're asking me to heal is someone who has done harm to the community? Why do I have to be the one who heals an enemy? Why don't you pick on someone bolder and more courageous? 
And we can attempt to wiggle away from God's calling on us to offer grace, mercy, and healing to people who are undeserving of grace, mercy, and healing. But soon enough, like Ananias, we realize that God would not call on us if it were not of the utmost importance. The sooner that Saul is healed, the sooner that he is going to start building the church, the sooner that people in our lives are healed, the sooner that they're healed by God, working through us, the sooner that our communities and our world is restored and made new. Now, Ananias does not want to go to Saul. Ananias doesn't want to go to Saul because Saul has been a persecutor of Christians. Saul was on hand when Stephen was stoned to death. And Saul is on the record as having approved of the killing of Stephen. Saul must be healed by a member of the Christian movement so that he can experience God's grace in action. Now before I end today with a focus on healing others, I do want to offer a cautionary note. Now this past Sunday there was an interview on the On Being NPR show, and it was with an activist named Tarana Burke. Tarana Burke was the founder of the Me Too movement. And on this next slide, Burke points out that they ask the poorest of us, those of us who have the least resources, those of us who are the most traumatized to extend grace out, but we don't get grace extended to. We don't get, we don't get extended grace to. So Burke shared as an example that after the killing of George Floyd, People protesting were asked to calm down and to extend grace to oppressors. And Burke was wondering, well, where's the grace for us? Where's the grace for our anger? And I think Burke's words remind us to be careful, not expect others to do all of the physical, emotional, and spiritual work. It's not all on one person. It's not all on one group to be gracious. And also, if we are unwilling to advocate for equity, if we're unwilling to advocate for a living wage and affordable health care, then we must be willing to accept people's anger. Now, when I started serving in the church, I didn't realize how much of my work would involve holding people's anger. And it's more than okay to be angry about trauma and inequality and emotional and physical violence and the oppressive systems that cause division and pain. It's more than okay to be angry about these things. And I really resisted. God's call to hold people's anger. I was like, um, God, could you give this calling to someone else, please? Could you give this calling to someone who could be less impacted by the anger? God, could you give this calling to someone who's a lot more smooth than I am, someone who could manage things a little more pleasantly than I'm able to do? But God kept on calling, and I've been given a lot of anger to hold from a lot of people. And God helps me to hold the anger. 
And sometimes God calls on me to pray for a transformation of the anger. Oftentimes, God works through me for creative expressions of the anger. Now, sometimes God calls on me to share the anger. And people generally do not receive the sharing of anger because as a society, we often prefer it when anger is shoved under a rug or put in a drawer when anger is left unexpressed. Now, I'm very familiar with the criticism that minority communities are too angry. They need to be less angry. Well, sure, I'll be less angry once other churches stop treating LGBT Christians as second-class church members. And I'll be less angry once slightly more LGBT-friendly churches stop stealing our people. And sure, I'll be less angry once folks fully accept LGBT people in families, workplaces, and government entities. I'll be less angry when MCCLV is treated with full respect. I'll be less angry when there's less misogyny, less racism, less transphobia. I'll be less angry when the world has fewer guns and less war. Now, in the midst of anger, God blessedly provides moments of grace. Now, in a spiritual context, grace is the undeserved favor of God toward people. We do nothing to earn or deserve God's grace. It's provided by a loving and reconciling God. Grace is amazing because it's offered even though we wander away from God, we avoid God, we ignore God. So a gracious person, a, a gracious person is one through whom God's grace is shared. Now, we don't know why God chooses us to be agents of grace with others. We just accept the call when it comes, like Ananias reluctantly accepted the call, but he accepted the call to be an agent of God's grace with Saul. So sometimes... God has called on me to shine forth God's grace. Now, many years ago, when I was newer to pastoring, I was called on to offer prayer for a person who was at the end of their life. Now, I had not met the woman before. She was around the age of 40, and she was dying of cancer. And I received a call from a staff member at the hospice to come over and to share prayer. And at first, I was confused because while I wanted to help, I didn't know the person, and normally the person's pastor or the hospice chaplain would be on hand to pray. Now, it was shared with me that it was a, a bit of a difficult family situation. The woman who was dying was a lesbian, and her mother was not accepting of her sexual orientation. And I figured that's why I was called. So I went to the hospice room, and the late afternoon sun was streaming through the windows. And at this point, the woman was not able to speak. She wasn't able to respond. And, and the woman's mother, she was sitting next to her dying daughter, not wanting to let go. And I stood on the other side of the bed, and I took the woman's hand, and, and God worked through me to share words of love and peace with the daughter and with the mother. I don't remember the prayer, only that God was present and that God was powerful. God calls us, and we can be confident of this. God calls us 
And God gives us the words that we are to share that bring healing and hope. So Ananias shares words of healing and hope, and Saul's eyesight is restored. Paul can start his church planting. The Jesus movement will continue and the good news will be shared far and wide due to Paul's gifts. Now both Paul and Ananias have had their eyes opened. On this last slide, the illustrator Steve Thomason portrays the open eyes of Ananias and Saul. Ananias used to fear Saul, but now he sees him. Saul used to hate Ananias, but now he sees him. Now our eyes may be open to all of the email messages. Our eyes may catch up on the news. Our eyes may look on the people that we like and who like us, and that's nice, but Christ calls us to an even larger perspective to see all of God's people, the haters, the lovers, the angry ones, the peacemakers, to see all of them through eyes of understanding. Ananias laid healing hands on Saul, not because he wanted to, but because God directed Ananias to do so. And not only was Saul's sight restored, through Ananias, the Holy Spirit is also provided. Ananias is a conduit for God. Now, it doesn't make sense for Ananias to go to the home of his enemy. It's not logical. It's not reasonable. But spirituality, let's remember this, spirituality is not a sensible pursuit. When we seek the Spirit, the world turns upside down. We find ourselves in unexpected places and with unexpected people. God wants it this way. And what a great honor for us if we choose to go in the way that Jesus leads us, to let the healing and hope of God work through us for someone's transformation is to be a part of God's miracles and wonders. Praise be to God. Will you pray with me? God, you call us, and we are quick to respond with those words. Here I am, Lord. But then we hear the details, and we're not so sure. You call us to heal people who have done harm, and it is scary sometimes. But Lord God, you would not call us to something where you would not provide us with the words and the actions that bring about your transformation. We are honored to serve as your conduit with people in need. Let your spirit flow in us and through us to reach and heal many people, we pray. Amen. Lean into joy. Lean into peace. Lean into love. God gave. that bind you can choose to live unhealed in heart and soul and mind but the God of all creation 
one who calls your name Once more for you than anguish Once more for you than pain So lift your head and seek God's purpose God is making you anew There's new life on the journey That God is walking with you Let us pray. We're so grateful, oh God, for this time of communing. We have communed with you, and we have communed with your precious, beloved ones. May these gifts of Jesus Christ strengthen us to go forth and share hope and healing in every corner of the world, we pray. Amen. You could please rise as able. Let's join in our commission and blessing. Gracious God, you have healed our wounds and brought us from paths of hurt and anger. Just as you healed Paul and restored his sight, heal us also so that we may see others with new eyes. Amen. There's not a friend like the Love can cheer us. 
Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen. Was there a gift like the Savior given? No, not one. No, not one. Will he refuse us? Not one, no, not one. 